Uh, hi, this is Ian Adama, the writer and director of the fan film Moon Knight Origins. You're listening to the Into the Night Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 228, and you are with two of your high prison conchus, one of them being Ray. Hello, howdy, how are you going? And joining me for this idle chat at the top of the week is uh, slightly under the weather, but uh, still still up vibe, Rebecca. Rebecca, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I've got, I've got I think I've got a bad cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been spending, I spent the morning checking on COVID symptoms Oh and yes. none of the, none of the symptom checkers think that I need to go for a test. Oh, so I, I've, I've done a, I've done a lateral flow test and, but they're mm. supposed to be asymptomatic, but they came up negative. So I think it's just a cold. Okay. Um, haven't, haven't got yeah, a fever. Keeping like an eye on. Okay. I've got no fever. I've got no cough. I've nah. got no. I've got my sense of smell and taste. It's, oh yes. I'm literally just sneezing nonstop. Ah. So apologies in advance if I start sneezing. I've got cough sweet in because obviously it's giving me a bit of a sore throat. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so, so apologies for any of the any audio and obviously I'm sounding a bit husky probably. Well, so, you know. The listeners aren't privy to what we were talking about before, Rebecca, but I hope you do. I hope you do sneeze. I hope you do sneeze multiple times. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we can do back in the I'm lab. Very, exci- very, very excited about my sneezing right now. You will find out why. <laughs> if I sneeze. <laughs> anyway, uh, Looney listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We've got a very special idle chat. Actually, it's in our collaboration with one of the other Loonies. Uh, that has joined our community, Lena. So a big shout out to Lena as well, and uh, and the system that Lena is part of. Uh, Lena is part of a um, uh, a system. They have dissociative dissociative identity disorder. So I've just got to make sure I say that properly. Uh-huh. And we're going to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do something called just understanding uh, dissociative identity disorder. This is part one, and uh, and we've got a lot of I guess information from Lena, Rebecca, uh, which uh, proved to be you know a bit of an eye opener, and and it's great to kind of get into it. Something a little bit super interesting, and it's uh, it's great to have someone with expertise uh, mm-hmm. and uh, personal experience explain how it works, and also then tie it into Moon Knight. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, in case you were curious to learn a bit more, in case you were wondering, how is it represented in the comics? Uh, yeah, just stick with us, and we'll kind of go through some of them, uh, some of the issues uh, that Lena references. Uh, before that, though, there's a bit of a change here. Uh, a sponsor, of course, our gracious patronies, those listed as co-producers and executive producers on each of our episodes. A big thank you to our patronies. A huge welcome to our latest patroni, Drew Toombs. Uh, thank you so much, Drew. Great name, great yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. uh, Drew's hit the Spectre tier, so he's, my gosh, Drew, you are so generous. Thank you so much. Uh, so Drew is in good company with the likes of Daniel 
Drew, as I just said, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, and Michael. Thank you so much, all of you, for all your contributions. Uh, we've got kind of new sponsors now because Drew uh, has reached that spectre tier. Um, and I'd like to shout out Tombs on SoundCloud. So Tombs with a Z uh, or a Z, depending where you're from. Uh, and also Lurk. Hey. <laughs> Lurk Music with a C and a K on Bandcamp. Both of those are accounts uh, run by Drew, uh, and he produces and he uh, he writes uh, music uh, ranging from uh, from sci-fi horror inspired kind of soundscapes to dance music that he produces so worth checking out uh, of course fringe night by daniel doing an original indie comic based on erie pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero go check out a very creative loony there and finally of course dreamland comics uh, the superhero superstore so uh yes uh, rebecca uh, plenty here plenty 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 uh, we, we are blessed. <laughs> thank cursed. you all. No, I'm not even joking. Like, no, but thank you all. I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's really, really appreciated. Oh no, very, very. And much. I'm definitely going to check out that music because I Me I need too. some more music to work to. So. Mhm. Mhm. Well, for sure. Um, great stuff. A lot of creative people in the community. Uh, now, Rebecca, white noise. We've just got some news before we hit our stride with understanding just little, some little news. <laughs> just some little news. The job I'm surprised. Tiny stuff. Exactly, a little stuff. I'm surprised the images I put in the prompt sheet weren't uh, found out by Disney Plus and taken down. I'm surprised you've not been snipered yet. <laughs> but um, anyway, Rebecca, do you want to lead on this one then? This is a big one. Yeah, so this is a reported leak of the Moon Knight costume mm. for the Disney Plus show. Um, I'm sure If you've not seen it, it is being taken down by Disney, mm-hmm. so... I mean, but a lot of people, it's it's, it's around the place, you know, you, you'll, yeah. probably have, you'll probably be able to find it. Um, and it shows Moon Knight in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> or a tomb, as you, um, as you said, Rebecca, didn't you? No, I, 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 I mean, look, the costume clearly yeah. is mummy inspired. It is, yeah. And, um, and they've also, the... Um, concept art was also leaked and the concept art is pretty much the same as the costume but we get to see the bottom half of it Mm -hmm. and we also get to see a cape um and it's much whiter like the concept art is very white the actual image looks quite dark gray um but we know a lot can be changed in cgi and and post-production and that it's very hard to shoot white yes uh so, like, you know, for example, very famous singing in the rain. The the rain scene was all milk because it's very hard to... Oh, really? Yeah, because oh. white does weird things on camera and it looks it can look transparent. So, Okay. I imagine there'll be a bit of post-production here if they want to light it up. I mean, my, I, I quite like it. I think everyone was... There was a bit of a shock at first because it's was, not yeah. a straight-from-comics thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, although it does sort of... It does look like some of the comicsy stuff we've seen that's been yes. a bit more Egyptian linked. Um, and Apex. I was saying that I think maybe this might be uh, in an initial costume. Yes. That is maybe from the Tomb of Khonshu because it looks so mummy inspired. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I thought as well. I am, um, I like your idea as well, Rebecca, in Discord. I think you mentioned it could potentially be like a, a mummified zombie or something that Mark fights um, and, and draws inspiration from, to make his costume you know so to speak yeah i mean 
Yeah. Either way, I like it. Yeah. Like so. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely very different from any of the other MCU costumes, which is very cool. Yeah, look, I, I like it as well, and I want to go on the record. I think it looks really good. I, I had a, a uh, shall we say, a lengthy, a big shout out to Rick, the Rick Ball special. I had a lengthy discussion with Rick. Uh, Rick loves it, and that's that's fantastic. I said, oh look, you know, I, um, you know, I think it looks cool. I don't think it's probably his his suit. I think it's like a lead up to it, uh, and that kind of led to uh, you know some some delicious discussion. Um, yeah, but I, I've I've heard I've heard. That we might be getting a suit as well. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. Wink. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think the weirdest thing I find, like the, the, the weirdest thing I find about it, is the the chest moon mm-hmm. is kind of being pulled. It's like either being it looks kept detachable, in place or being pulled on all side yeah. by uh, bandages. Yeah. Um, which I think is an interesting look. Like it's not a sort of. <sighs> Yeah, uh, design choice. Whereas the one on his hood, I love his hood. And his, his hood's box. cool. His hood it's actually amazing. looks cool. I mean, because let's face yeah. it, we're, I think we're all worried that the hood would make him look pretty dinky. Um, but this hood actually, yeah, looks... no, it looks very good. Yeah, yeah. The only, um, the only thing I, yeah, ha- I think I think that chest food is a bit weird. Yeah, it, it, that it, weird. Yeah, but I don't hate it. No, oh, no, I don't hate it as well. And and look, the thing that I'm kind of erring away from that it is his actual because some people you know think this is pretty cool this is his actual costume call me mr practical but i can't see mark mm-hmm. saying hang on let me just whip up into my my costume and have to put all those kind of old raggedy bandages on there you know what i mean so it seems like it's that that's kind of where my maybe it's a it's it's something that he gets inspiration from exactly yeah it that's may be the initial one that he escapes a two men it could be conscious i don't know it could, you think it it, could be conscious yeah that could, it be... could be another avatar conscious anyway yeah i mean again i mean it's... i'd like i'd like when we get conscious to get the full full-on skeleton head oh yeah yeah i'd, um, like, that. I'd like that as well um yeah but... i mean yeah, I mean, the colour as well, Rebecca, you're mentioning. I know people were talking a lot about the colour and, oh, look, it's not... Again, I think you said a lot of things can be done in post-production um, and, look, they're, if they're meant to be, you know, raggedy bandages, then they're not going to be pristine white, are they, as well? So No, and they, they almost... I think almost all the Marvel cape-type things are done in post-production as mm, well, so... Because yep. um, they're so hard to handle on set, like yes. actual cape. But yeah. the concept is amazing and concept, very yeah. sort of pharaoh looking. It reminds me, it harks, a, yeah, it harks a bit more to the Fist of Conchi, which I like. I mean, it doesn't have the bling, but yeah. it's got the, it's like really like. I mean, they could, they could add bling though. They could, yeah, they could, they could. They could add a bit of bling. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not unheard of that uh, Mark and Moon Knight has been in bandages, I guess. I mean, I did say to Rick, like, it has nothing to do with him. Uh, granted, Earth X and all that, um, and, and even the Warren Ellis run with the bird armor, it has Mark in like in partial bandages as mm. well. So it, it's there. I do agree with you, though. It is a it is a weird costume to have to change into. Yeah, exactly. Unless unless he's like mystically, he can he can do the um, animated Spider Woman right. and we twirl have, we around. Literally and... have no idea. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that, would, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so but it also reminds us, like, I mean, if you see how quickly it trended, um, how quickly they got, they started taking people, taking it down. Mm-hmm. Um, just another reminder that we know so little about yes. the show. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's, you know, even after the last, um, the last investor call was last week mm-hmm. when they were talking about Shang-Chi and, yeah. um, you know, the, the window and, and now it looks like Ms. Marvel's going to be delayed, which means Moon Knight might not be when I wanted it to be. Ah, That's bugger. okay. Yeah. I know. I'm still hoping like that we get, you know, maybe Ms. Marvel in January and yeah, the first... who knows? Yeah. I yeah. want Moon Knight for my birthday. So <laughs> yeah. we're aiming for March 9th, everyone. There's going to be some hefty um, omnibuses and hardcovers coming out around that time anyway, Rebecca. So um... yeah, pretty much all of them are coming out between February and April. So mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, but you know, even if it opens in April, that will still be fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't really mind, but I, I still think we're getting it in spring, or that's the aim. Yeah, and if they have to shift this Marvel, then it shouldn't. I don't think there's anything. Well, they they have um, they have. Uh, the book of Boba Fett to do in December. Oh, so who oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. What do you think, Rebecca, of Disney taking? Is this is this confirmation then? Like, um, so a shout out to Sarah and my co-host from the Spider Woman podcast to know who's to fear her. DCMA's, I can't remember digital. You know, copyright millennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, does this mean yes, that? That is. A, that is a... Yeah. Does that mean, uh, you reckon? Is it confirmed then? That Are they confirming, you know, by default? Well, that... I read this, I mean, I read this morning um, yeah. that uh, apparently they found the source of the leak and they're going to prosecute. Oh, so that, again, so, it means... Uh, I mean, look, the chances are it's a leak of something. Yeah. Like... It doesn't mean it doesn't mean like that's all it means. All it means is this picture is from Marvel, and they weren't ready yet for it to be out. Yes, when it was out. Yeah. Oh gosh, they're they're going to come down hard on whoever dropped the leaked these out. Yeah. Who was it? They there was a leak on one of the Spider-Man films, and the oh. guy lost his job. Wasn't oh wow. It? What was that? Was that Spider-Man: Far From Home? Um, there was a, there was a yeah. leak for, of one of the films, and. Um, again, it wasn't a massive leak, but there was something, and somebody lost their job for it. Is it worth it? You know, is it worth it? No one still knows that person's name. <laughs> I mean, you know? look, the, the, ch- the, the the chances are that it's not worth it, and that's why you don't get more leaks. Yeah, exactly. So uh, whoever's done this, but you know, you know, well, I don't know. It I does guess. seem to have only increased excitement for it, though. So you it know, does. O- it does. overall, it's it's probably a bonus and a calculated you know, leak. They shouldn't yeah. go too hard. They should just yeah. Yeah, sack something that's good enough, you know. Anyway, uh, so listeners, if you're fortunate enough to have seen the images, um, let us know. I mean, what I think they're think. on our Facebook page, unless Ray's taken them I've all taken, down. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've taken okay, them down. Fair. I know. Sorry, I am no, a I Dudley do-gooder. <laughs> so yes. apologies. Um, people got their comments in, which was great. Uh, so good stuff, loonies. But yeah. Just better, better safe than sorry. You I'm, know? Abs- I'm absolutely sure you'll be able to find them still. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of people on Twitter offering to DM them to people. Oh, <laughs> so, God, like, there you go. So, yeah, it shouldn't be too hard to find. Um, but if you missed out on the initial kind of buzz, uh, go check him out, Joe, track him down and, and let us know what you think. Yeah, the, it, And also, look, I, I think it makes it a thousand times more likely than on Disney Plus Day in November we get to see a, a first glimpse of Moon Knight. Yes. 
Oh yeah, because that'll be that, oh, that's when Disney gosh. gets to respond. Oh yeah, so like that's the other bit of news that came out of um, oh. the investor call is there's going to be a Disney Plus day on November the twelfth. Ooh. where they they highlight Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars content coming up on Disney+. Plus. I think this leak probably means that we'll get our first glimpse of something moon. I'll be having um, with just a, te- a, just a teaser. I don't care. Just give me something. Um, yeah, I mean, like, if they're being funny, it'll be him in a white suit or something. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They, like you don't know what we're going to do. But yeah. um, even if it's just that, uh, you know, 10-second sizzle reel or something. Yes. I think I think you know. Well, so that's that's the date for the diaries. I think it's November the twelfth. Do you think so, it's worthy of? I think a... it is. It no? is November the twelfth because I made a really bad joke about uh, dates and got and got the maths really badly wrong. What? So How, what eleven twelve or something? And uh, I was just I was making a really I I can't even I'm not even going to go into how bad <laughs> one was on it. But... Um... So we're all tuned in for Disney Plus Day. Watch, should we do a watch party? Maybe we'd try and do. I've been always. Yeah, we should. Been trying to do one. I mean, it depends on. I mean, we're all over the, the corners of the globe. This after the Eternals, so I hope. Ooh. So, uh, yes, it'll be. So I hope there's some exciting news. Oh my gosh! Plenty of stuff happens <laughs> between. The only them. person who knows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. Cool. I can't wait. Well, yeah. So we got yeah. we got that to look forward to, and um, and hopefully, well, maybe hopefully, maybe not some more leaks. You never know. So, um, yeah. so there you go. But that was a pretty big one that caused a bit of a stir in the community. So, uh, yeah, check that out. And on the back of that as well, Rebecca, the second bit of news, uh, Ethan Hawke shared his thoughts on his role as his mysterious villain that he plays. Yeah. Now he was interviewed on the late night, uh, with Seth Meyers show and Seth remarked that Ethan Hawke had, uh, he looked very David Koresh and, and Hawke said, Oh, very good pickup. Ethan Hawke said, very nice pickup. That is who he's been kind of trying to, uh, I guess, fashion himself after. Uh, So, Rebecca, David Koresh, cult leader, any other insights now into who he might play? I mean, it's looking Sun King. Yeah. But I, with the way Marvel goes, I'm I'm not making any super predictions. Yep. And I know I know people have mixed feelings about that. Um, all I'll say is I think, uh, as I've said about the Bemis run before, is he threw a lot of ideas out there. It doesn't yep. mean that Marvel have to stick to exactly the ideas you've got in the comic. No. And I think the Sun King was a compelling, was and could be a compelling character. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I've been as, with... as a sort of, as an antagonist to Moon Knight. Yes. I think when, when he first appeared, we were very excited about the concept. Yeah. Maybe it didn't pay out exactly as we'd liked it to, but remember, the MCU is not following comics. That's right. Like, massively. That's so right. they can pick and choose. And, That's um, right. you know, I mean, they could have just taken another villain and made him Koresh-like. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, we... I, I don't want to predict too much because, like, mm. they they can they, they can be really boringly obvious sometimes, and then they can be like totally random other yes. times. So yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I I've been reading some of the comments as well on on various Moon Knight sites. You know, just not not our community, and and people have been saying 
a few of them have been saying, yeah, um, they don't mind. They like the sun, the idea of the Sun King. Exactly, he's just angry, Becca. They like the idea of him, um, just how he was kind of, his journey through the Bemis run maybe didn't go as well as people had <coughs> had hoped with the like, uh, with the yeah. idea of the Sun King. So he's definitely got that. Look, the only thing that really, I after reading that article, I thought, okay, yeah, it's it's got to be the Sun King. The only thing that's kind of stopping me is that... Um, I got a response from Jason Burrows, who, for those of you who don't know, is the artist on the Bemis run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I don't know where I you know he. That. Yeah, I don't know where he gets his information from or whatever. I tend to believe him because he's in the industry and he worked on the on the book. Uh, and he says yeah. that it, it's definitely not Sun King that they won't be using anything from the Bemis run. Now I don't know the the backing for that, but it's like okay, well, if it's not the Sun King. You know the mystery is still up there, so yeah. I mean, that's just a I mean, little. I think Black Spectre's also yeah, Carson Knowles up for grabs. I yep. think the profile, the profile, Conchu again as well potentially. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I think, like you know, I, I'm kind of, I, I think, you know, they're all possibilities. Mm-hmm. I think probably the profile would be my next guess. Profile would be cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but again, it would take some reimagining. They're all yes. like, I don't think anything fits perfectly mm-hmm. with it. Um, no, the no, truth, the... I guess. But that's also Beamer's oh, wrong. So. Yeah. I mean, they, they are going to look. I guess we have to expect that there will there potentially will be changes to it. I mean, if you look at all the all the Disney Plus shows to date and MCU in general, there are always tweaks to. You know, they, they mm-hmm. keep they keep the thread and and the essence of the character, but there's always little tweaks here and there that differentiates between the comics so you know if we do get like a, a the profile we get black specter you know just be prepared loonies that it might not be yep. exactly as you see on on the comic uh, book paper um that's all so uh yeah it could be a new character i don't know um, could be whoever uh, jed mckay's writing yeah. Ooh. I mean, he seemed culty yeah. from the two <laughs> panels we got of him. Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Um, and uh, and look, finally, before we uh, we get into uh, your understanding DID, Rebecca, the one bit of news came from our fellow hyper-sick Connor Shu. I know. How cool is this? from nowhere <laughs> and dropped the news bomb. Jeez, oh, he's like, I don't know, he's like, uh, who's that fast? Who's the fast? Is Achilles? I can't remember. It's like, it's, <laughs> he just comes down from the from the sky, drops in a, a news bomb, and then off he goes. Konishu, we love you. Um, Marvel Unmatched has announced, sorry, Unma- Unmatched has announced that there's a Marvel game. So Mondo games that kind of do this thing and i don't know did you check out connor's um youtube link no i meant to it's but, so um, funny I'll... it is so funny check it out it's an english guy <laughs> oh he's so funny i don't know i don't know he should be on tv that guy but uh yeah sorry yeah um yeah um he goes through the game and explains it in a very humorous way because uh, i wanted to learn more about the game uh unmatched uh and yeah it's apparently a two-player an upwards game. Uh, apparently, it's a lot is left to chance, so don't you know expect it to be an ultra strategic thing. Um, but it's still a lot of lot of fun. He highly recommended it. Um, I think some of the I think the character groupings are really odd for the Moon Knight one. Oh yeah. So let's um. So there are three or f- there are four games coming out. Uh, and so for the Moon Knight one, it's called Redemption Row, and it features Luke Cage, Ghost Rider, and Moon Knight. 
That's pretty cool. So right, didn't... why the hell is Luke Cage there? I don't, I don't know. Like, why is that not Blade? That's true. Yeah. Like, I, it just it it's so weird to me that it's Luke Cage. Like, yeah, because if you like, look at yeah, you look at the next one, it, Hell's it's Kitchen. Just really weird. Yeah. Daredevil Electric Bullseye. Very. 100% makes sense. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Teens, okay. Ms. Marvel, Squirrel Girl, Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Maybe not the ones I'd pick, but they're all teen they're heroes. They're all teens, yeah. Fair. Yeah, yeah. And for King and Country is another odd one. Yeah, Black, Black Widow, Widow, Black Panther, Winter Soldier. So for King, okay, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And Country, Black Widow and Winter Soldier, Russia. I, yeah. I mean, like. Yeah. I mean, why is if you're going to do for King and Country, I would have expected Captain America. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. At, the, uh, at yeah. the very least, like, where, why is Black Widow there? Like, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, they're fun characters that people love, and yes. I'm not, I'm not going to come down on it. I'm just saying my initial one. That was my initial reaction to those. Is like, mm-hmm. huh? <laughs> have Have you played Unmatched before? No. No. Okay. Come I, on. Do I look like the kind of person who's got any experience doing anything interesting? <laughs> you play. You played a lot of board games, which are which are all really cool. All games I, I don't want to play, but yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So this one, uh, go check check it out. Apparently, these games are quite cheap. And Mondo Games, one of the takeaways I got from the video, I mean, stunning artwork. It just, like the guy's uh-huh. saying, just get it for for the box and what's in it because Mondo very kind of hip and kind of trendy and um very visually Mm. so um and yeah as and what got me was was very cheap so (laughs) it's not expensive um and (laughs) could be uh could be bought quite easily so yeah i'm I'm considering buying it especially the moon moon night one uh and if i definitely want to get it if the art's good yeah yeah yeah. whether i play it or not is yeah just 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 have it for the art the the lovely box put on the shelf yeah. yeah Exactly. I've got. I've got the. Um, incidentally, uh, Rebecca, I've got the Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe board game. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't do that one. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've. I I thought about it. I've got the. I got the their RPG. So. Okay. Well, I only got this one because it's like you can play it as a one person player, and I know that sounds very, <laughs> very lonely and pathetic. But like, um, no, that's cool. Yeah, I got it for one person, but I, I can't say I've actually. <laughs> played it yet uh, it looks nice that's though. kind of what i've heard from a lot of people is they've never actually played it yeah i'll have to find an incentive to uh, but anyway that's the news rebecca unless there's any other little tidbits that you uh, secret news news pieces that you haven't told me about which uh um would be no, good for I the think they just, disney plus day was probably it for yeah me, okay so. yeah no that's good yeah um fantastic that's a big one so yeah let's try yeah. to try to do a watch party party i'm looking for platforms to do it on I don't know. We'll see see what we can do. If anyone is interested, I might throw it out there, see if anyone's interested. Uh, again, we're all from different parts of the world, so it might be a bit difficult. But um, there you go. After the murder of his acrobat parents, young Dick Grayson would go on to become Robin the Boy Wonder, the first partner of Batman. Years later, he would strike out on his own as leader of the Teen Titans, and then as a solo hero of his own, who the world would come to know as Nightwing. Are you a fan of Dick Grayson and his many incarnations as Robin and Nightwing and even the Batman himself? Well then please come join me and my co-host Kristen every week on the Capes and Lunatics podcast as we go through the history 
of one of the greatest heroes of all time. You think you know Dick Grayson? Well, you don't know Dick. Hello, everyone. This is Steve Huff. I'm the fight choreographer, and we'll be playing Mark Spector, Moon Knight, and Jake Lockley in Moon Knight Origins. And you're listening to the Into the Night podcast. Anyway, Rebecca, let's get into our idle chat. Understanding DID, part one. So uh, a big... Yes, a big thank you again to Lena. Uh, so Lena will be periodically sending us articles um, just to kind of um, throw in, you know, uh, uh, elucidate us about um, about DID. Yeah, help explain it for mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. And, and as you said, Rebecca, at the beginning, to tie it into the comics. So what I thought would be best is that we did get this article from Lena um, and Rebecca. Why don't we, we just go through it? Um, we'll just read it. Uh, it's not too long. <laughs> Um, yeah. and that's a cough, Rebecca. I'm waiting for a sneeze, Rebecca. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to. <laughs> waiting. I'm trying no, no. not to. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Just, yeah. just let I it start, out. I can't stop. So, like, you know. Have you got a pop filter? You, you know, you need a sneeze guard. That's, that's fine. <laughs> you don't have a sneeze guard, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's read this out, Rebecca. Um, maybe just like a, I don't know, a, a paragraph each uh and if yeah. anything pops up uh, lena did say if we had any questions uh we can come back to her look i thought we can just raise it on on this episode and um maybe then yeah. she can respond uh that way so um okay so this is an introduction loonies uh rebecca i'm going to take the very short first paragraph that if that's cool of course okay. you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay thank you <laughs> uh, so Elena opens with, hello, fellow Looney listeners. This is Lena, and as promised, I'm here to give you my perspective on Moon Knight as someone who has dissociative identity disorder myself. Well, ourselves. I'd like to start by going back to the basics, both with Moon Knight and DID. Um, a good place to start when it comes to the basics of DID is the official criteria for diagnosis of DID in the DSM-5 Diagnostic and Statistic Manual of Mental Disorders, which is the book that most mental health professionals use for diagnosis. There's five criteria. Uh, one, two or more distinct identities or personality states are present, each with its own relatively enduring pattern of perceiving, relating to, and thinking about the environment and self. Just stop you there, Rebecca. So then, again, yep. if, if we're immediately going to just tie that into Moon Knight, tick. <laughs> I mean, he's, yep. He's, yep. he's got more than more than two um, distinct identities. Yep. yep. Uh, two, amnesia must occur, defined as gaps in the recall of everyday events, important personal information, and or traumatic events. Yeah, I'm not too sure. So, does Mark have this? Well, oh, well the traumatic event, I, he does, I, later on. I mean, I, th- I think... I think as I, I, as I think we're going to discuss overall, comics can be a bit hit and miss about. Absolutely, they're not ticking mm-hmm. them off because, yep. as I think Lena gets into earlier, like there's a, there's an interesting history of when Mark actually was said to have DID mm-hmm. and all the very like, and as as we as a, a people have learned more about mental health when we stopped calling it wrong things mm-hmm. like schizophrenia and uh various other names and 
things that were wrong and started understanding it. And like the people writing the comics would not have gone through a mental health training or awareness thing. Mm -hmm. So like they're not going to get it all right. So, yeah. um, yeah. So uh, back to the, the definition three, the person must be distressed by the disorder or have trouble functioning in one or more major life areas because of the disorder. Um, Again, just kind of, Trying to link this to Moon Knight, I guess you can argue. Big tech. He's, big, he's yeah. well <laughs> distressed by yeah. it, yeah. Exactly. And, well, you know, if you look at major life areas, uh, you know, his relationship with Marlene, that sort of thing, uh, it, it's it's caused definite ripples in his life. Yeah. Next one's the biggie, an interesting one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Four, the disturbance is not part of normal cultural or religious practices. Mm. Yes. Which it's not. It's not for Mark, but there is an extra religious tie-in. Yes. But they're not exactly. just religious practices. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, and five, the symptoms cannot be due to direct physiological effects of a substance, such as blackouts or chaotic behavior during um, alcoholic intoxication or a general medical condition, such as complex partial seizures. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those fans of uh, Moon Knight Core and Moon Knight and his ketamine, <laughs> we, we can now uh, dispel that as having any sort of ties <laughs> with it, uh, whether it did or not. I just wanted to get that in there. But yeah, so those five, Rebecca, um, those five, I guess, criteria for DID, uh, I guess clearly states out uh, uh, what, you know, what you must have in order to be, you know, diagnosed with. But we'll see later on that um, there's a lot more to it. It's a really complex sort of uh, disorder. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Um, and manifests differently in different people. Yes. Which is why there's a lot of um, two or more, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. This, you know, there's how it comes about, things like that. So. Yeah. Well, I, I want to go, I'm going to just jump straight into, so what Lane has actually also given um, both Rebecca and I's additional reading, uh, actually Lane has given us a lot of material, <laughs> thank you Lane, uh, haven't been able to go through all of it, um, but there's one in particular that was very useful, it's called Beauty After Bruises, and it's a, a non-profit organisation in Pennsylvania, and they deal with the survivors of uh, childhood trauma. Uh, and and DID. So what I wanted to just say, uh, though, as well as that, as you're saying, Rebecca, it manifests differently. Uh, one of the main things that was an eye opener for me was, um, unlike schizophrenia, which is a neurodegenerative yeah. disease, um, DID is is a trauma based one. So it's it's very different yeah. in that sense. It's uh, very interesting to me because, like I was saying to Ray just before we started the show, is like mm-hmm. one of my best friends has got schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. So I almost learned first that schizophrenia was different to mm-hmm. how we at one point talked about Mark uh, yeah. before I learned what the actual, you know, the sort of like what what we now call DID. Yeah, so, and, and we uh, it were, was more like no, he definitely doesn't have schizophrenia. Before, yes, like you know. And I mean, we were talking about before again off air, and uh, what you actually mentioned earlier on, Rebecca. Back in the day, um, you know, mental uh, issues and mental illnesses were not. It wasn't that talked about that much. You know, you know, and people no, weren't aware. There was, a, there was a massive misunderstanding yeah. of almost all of it, and it's like everyone was just too scared of it. Yeah. So and like yeah. I, I think it's so much healthier now that we're in a place where we understand that like these are things these, like people you know like where yeah. you would have had the only understanding of DID like somebody watching Sybil 
Yeah, yeah, so I read that as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I watched it as a kid at school and was absolutely, like, traumatized. I have no idea. What is Sybil? Like, never, maybe never reached our shores? It's it's based on a real story. Okay. Of a girl who had, I don't even know how many, a lot of alters. Mm hmm. And it's an extremely traumatic story. And they made a film of it with Sally Field. And uh, I watched it way too young. And there's some really, really awful stuff in there. But, like, it just became everyone who either read it or... I think the film is probably what made people then go and read the book. Okay. uh, But it it was was this this big sort of uh, cultural touch point of people going, oh, this is the, the, the sort of correlation between trauma and the the altars mm-hmm. but it's to the ex but it's an ex a really extreme version where the trauma is unbelievably awful in wow. every and i'm not saying any trauma isn't awful yeah. but this is like unbelievably like Gosh. give you nightmares awful and where i think it was one of the most altars they'd had at the time oh wow it was like there was that many it was just this, it was just a really big case and it yeah. just happened to be a very successful film i guess and then everyone went to read the book which okay. is why it then colored a lot of the views of like um the whole situation which is obviously not how it is for most people yeah exactly if even if it is a trauma-based thing it doesn't have to be you know like trauma is ah, i don't even know how to say it yeah, i don't want to like yeah. Uh, but there's sort of there's like you know there's lots of like okay so like if you if you tie into moonlight like there's trauma and there's finding out that the rabbi is a nazi Mm -hmm. which came later which came later on very very much later on yeah happened in like one of the most recent ones but Mm -hmm. like you know like you can have a traumatic incident yep without it being this like worst thing you can possibly imagine traumatic incident Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's the difference is like um you know, like also what's traumatic for one person isn't necessarily a traumatic experience for someone else. And it yeah. depends on their personality and yeah. um, everything else surrounding it. It's like what, what counts as trauma. Yeah. What, what, fri- um, what frightens me? Unless you're getting to those big extremes. And like, I don't think yeah. we should always look at it at the extremes. And I think that's where Sybil was damaging in a way is that it yeah. made it, it very scary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, what frightens me as well with, I mean, and, and again, you're talking about these, the number of altars. Um, mm. Again, from that uh, Beauty After Bruises uh, article that Lena forwarded on, um, what we see is a bit of a myth um, that kind of goes against Moon Knight and Mark Spector is that um, it's more common to have just a few altars. Uh, apparently, yeah, they yeah. Ra- they commonly range between the, the teens to the twenties, the amount, and they can even go up to thirty or forty different altars. So you know, Mark Spector's only got what four or five, which is yeah. not as much. Um, and what frightens me, Rebecca, as well, is that uh, again, and I could be totally wrong. So, Lena, please pull me up if I am wrong. Um, these altars spring up from um, the repeated trauma. You know, so whether that is the the trauma re- being repeated, or or maybe it's it's just the reenactment in in the mind of the trauma that actually produces the altar. I mean, that's a very a, a very kind of harrowing thing to think that an individual has to go through that. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, but like I said, like different trauma. I think yeah, like, yeah, as Lena different. gets into further in this article, is like different, yep. like 
what's trauma for one person, and it's also true, true. yeah. Well, let's if we carry on through yes. the article, I think we'll get to where some of these differentiations come in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Lena continues. Now, of course, that's just as you might say the bare bones of it. Uh, the actual experience of living with DID is a lot more complex and as varied as the human race. Uh, For instance, the identities that exist within the mind of someone with DID are generally referred to as alters, but I've heard lots of different terms from various people with DID that I've known, uh, such as parts, personalities, identities, inner family, headmates, teammates, the troops, etc. Personally, we usually use either alters or parts, uh, although we do also think of each other as an internal family. A DID system, which is the term most people with DID and therapists use when talking about the sum of our parts, can include alters of different genders, races, nationalities, sexual preferences, religions, etc., and can even include non-human alters such as animals, elves, aliens, vampires, or even a certain Egyptian god. So this, Rebecca, just branches out furthermore as well. Again, I did not assume that it would go beyond human you know i I guess yeah i think i don't think i would have i I think that that was the surprise to me i wasn't surprised Mm -hmm. about the different genders yes me too yeah um but the yeah the non-human ones is is actually very interesting to know that that's not um hugely atypical i mean it's Mm. like who i mean we don't know how how typical it is and i'm assuming it's not typical but um yeah I mean, assuming the, um, so, like the, the, sorry, Rebecca, just, um, the, you know, again, and I'm no psychologist and stuff, but I guess with the trauma and the, the, the ways to counter that and to defend against that, uh, I guess the, the mind, the human mind, um, you know, can draw on anything that, 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 yeah, you, I think, that you I think find, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's what we're coming to yeah, is, okay. uh, is how it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so why do our alters take the forms they do? It all comes down to the reason why DID exists in the first place, which is trauma, specifically early childhood trauma, almost always severe and repeated. Although I've heard that it's possible for a DID system of only two alters to come about from a single incident of childhood trauma. The reason why DID always starts in childhood is that our sense of one unified self doesn't fully solidify until about the age of six to nine years old or so until then it's somewhat malleable and when we're exposed to severe trauma our sense of identity can diverge so that one self can be present for the trauma while the other is protected within the mind once this pattern of dealing with trauma is established it becomes the default method for dealing with severe trauma and we can potentially continue creating more alters well into adulthood but it always starts in early childhood the forms that the alters take are not by choice, but rather a subconscious level response to the, either nature of the trauma or the nature of the child's fantasies that they use to try to escape the trauma. For instance, in our case, we were born in a male body, but due to the fact that we didn't fit the mould of how boys should act, we were constantly mocked and ridiculed in our childhood about being girly. And so, as a result, we have more female than male alters in our system. Also, we also read science fiction and fantasy books and superhero comics to escape from the pain of the trauma and so several of our alters took the form of alien elves, mutants, etc. So I think mm-hmm. that's the key paragraph is about yeah. understanding it. Is that mm. the one thing that that those of us who don't suffer or don't have DID, I don't even know if it's appropriate to say you suffer from it. No, yeah, survive. Those of us who don't have DID, yeah. well, just have it. I see. Yeah, that's true. Like, so those of us that don't don't have it is we don't we don't 
look to when our self was like when we solidified like this this idea that between the ages of six and nine we're still finding our way like because mm-hmm. we're kids we don't we don't think exactly. about it like what would have happened if we had a trauma at the time my my little sister was eight when our mum died mm-hmm. uh presumably that counts like but that yeah. wasn't her reaction to it but it mm-hmm. could have been yeah yeah for sure so there's there's always going to be something individual about it but these are the things it's like it's uh and and in the same way as like your alters will be very personal because they're what you subconsciously urge to protect yourself Mm -hmm. or what you you know like what what bits of yourself you're pulling in from and that that's the one thing that like not only can someone outside it not judge based on that because they're very intensely personal Mm -hmm. but i guess that's why the range and that's the thing that we don't really get because and, and you can't take from Moonlight because it was clearly written by people who didn't understand this. Oh no, yeah, it was, and, a, th- it was uh, a throwaway, which is fine. And like, yeah, and well, as as when we get into what Lena says about Moonlight later, we'll talk yeah. about like how, you know, at, at one point these were literally just disguises for Mark. Oh yeah, and they then, they, they plainly they became, said that. Then yeah. they then they yeah, and then they go into the sort of the mental health aspect. Mm-hmm. So it's like it was it, it's all being in the same way as like the thing was made Jewish retroactively and um, and and we now all fit that in and take that in as like mm-hmm. this is a given he's like the most famous Jewish character he wasn't always yeah. um, you know um, is that these comics are uh, they change and they don't stick to one like Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were never planned to last 50 60 years when they started writing them oh and yeah. we've learned a lot more about these things so like uh this think... is like so what lane is giving us is the yeah. fact and what it's like to live with did and then we're then gonna try and retroactively fit moon knight into that mm-hmm. and, and hope it works and in some runs it'll be more successful and others it won't yeah um so, but I, I, it's like really interesting to me was that well those those things specifically is that the the uh, the severe and repeated trauma which we never want to mm-hmm. think of anyone we know having suffered yeah uh, but but it happens like we we all know it happens um, and and how that then it also affects not just whether you develop DID but but how that manifests in the alters you have and when they turn up and their age, their sex, their gender, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, all that those is, things. Yeah, no, no, that is fascinating as well. And just going back to your other point about uh, about in the comics, it's almost as, as if you, we kind of get like time capsules of, of that era, you know, you yeah. know, just with the yeah. way that they write. Um, and, you know, we're not, as comic book readers and fans, I guess everyone who is in this realm knows of the word retcon and, and how comic books and characters are just consistently redone over and over in some way, you know, to some extent. So that's that's not unknown territory for, for the readers. Um, so when we do and I get... Think it's, sorry? It's really interesting with Moon Knight because, yeah. like, we... Like, me and Ray, we're, we're coming at this. We're older than probably most of you listening to it. <laughs> me specifically. Yeah. I'm a good 10 years older than Ray. But it's like we we've watched... How the how discussions of mental health have mm. moved just yeah. in that period of like, just say in the last thirty years when we were old enough to pay attention to how these things have changed. Yeah, and it, it's really interesting that like we've we're taken with a character where that's so in the center of um of that sort of zeitgeist of like 
coming to understand mental health better. Yeah, yeah. Um, And we're clearly not there. I mean, there's still a lot of stigma attached to various mental health issues. Oh, yeah. Um, But the fact that, like, now 15, 16-year-olds can talk about mental health without it being this, like, hidden thing that everyone's ashamed of, and it's still there a bit, I'm sure, but, like, compared to when we were growing up. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, and we'll get into that as well. I mean, you you um, asked, you know, young Ray deca- decades ago about, oh, you know, why don't you just see a, a psychiatrist or psychologist, um, you know, about some issues that you might have. And that would be a thing of kind of shame, you, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Whereas, sure. I mean, my, my best friend went to a, a, yeah. a psychiatrist and, yeah. um, well, my best friend went to a psychiatrist for all kinds of behavioural reasons yeah. Yeah. and she was she was awful. She literally walked out the room. Yeah. I went to one at age three because uh-huh. I'm like, that's yeah. how, if you're my hidden shame, I, mm. I was referred to a psychiatrist at age three. Mm. Um, but I got hyperactivity diagnosis which is now adhd mm-hmm. um and now very hard to get a diagnosis from but <laughs> i got it very very simply but like this is what is wrong with your child now mm-hmm. change her food and it was all managed by food it was like don't yeah. give her no sugar no preservatives yeah. and that will fix it it was like no drugs no like mm-hmm. and how that's changed no it has yeah it i also, mean so yeah i mean uh, I'm just but, hoping that... But, but also, you're right, like, people yeah. now will happily say they're going to... Th- yes, like I went exactly. to We referred to a family one after my mum died, mm-hmm. and I've never wanted to not be in a room as much. Mm. You know, it's just like, yeah. what are you going to tell me that I'm sad? Like, you know, yeah. we, there was such a, such a revulsion against the whole idea of going to therapists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. uh, when we were kids, and even into our twenties and thirties, probably like, um, and some of that leached over from America, where you started seeing people in American TV shows going to therapists mm-hmm. or talking about going to therapists. And you're like, huh, maybe it's just Brits that are like a little bit reticent and weird about <laughs> this, uh, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I put it down. Well, personally, I will put it down to my partner Eve as well. I mean. Uh, I put it down to the Dutch. <laughs> I don't know whether it's her, her group or not, but like um, her her clique and stuff when I first started going out with her like over a decade ago um, was that, you know, they'd go see a psychiatrist if they had some problems. And I first heard that and it's not like it's I... It's crazy. I know, but it's not like I... I'd be like good crazy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And But um, and, and if was going, look, you know, in people in Australia, they're, they're too embarrassed or ashamed to go to a psychiatrist. You should. I mean, it's there to help you. Uh, you know, where people suffer, like I think a lot, as you say, Rebecca, a lot of people suffer in silence or they just try and just get on with it. Um, whereas the, the, we are now like a bit more, um, I guess, educated as a whole um, that we do have the means to, to actually address this. So, uh, yeah, it, it's... Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um, so I try to keep an open mind. I, I'm of the old school as well, but I try to, yeah, try to try to embrace it. It's uh, it, it's definitely there. No, it's, like, it's like going to the doctors. Yeah, I'm, you I'm, know? It is. And yeah. it's just like you see how much people are helped by it. Like, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, it, it's one of those things that makes me think that I'm positive about the current era. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of negatives, but like, compared to when i grew up when it literally was stiff upper lip and yeah. don't mention it and you know all everything addressed to my dad about my hyperactivity mm-hmm. were referring to things like rebecca's problem yeah right and like 
will only take her in school two days a week because of her problem. And like it was very much like, you know, she's a problem child. And it's like, yeah. no, it's like, I can't help her. I'm like four yeah. years old, whatever, you know, like Yeah. Whatever. It, anyway. Sorry, before we get into the sorry, the next paragraph as well, it's really interesting as well, Rebecca, because it's timely too. Um so again, uh Eve's Eve's brother. Uh, Rick, he's got ADHD uh -huh. as well, and and Eve reckons that she might have to some degree some of it as well. And she showed me this thing. It, it's so interesting um, because for a lot of women, uh, you know, with ADHD, uh, it, it's um, it was previously seen as you know they're flighty or ditzy or you know they they kind of were a yeah. bit careless. But in fact, you know, if you look at it retrospectively, um, they could have had some form of ADHD, which I mean, would explain a lot. My and sister, yeah. yeah, my sister works in uh, is a mental health social worker, which mm has -hmm. been incredibly interesting for all of us. And uh, you know, she was talking to me the other day and saying like um, that her boss just randomly told her that she thought she was on the autism spectrum. Okay. And she was just like, number one, weird thing for your boss to come out and say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. But, you know, mental health social workers, they're quite open about these things. Fair enough. And, yeah. and it started off this whole discussion where she goes, well, I think you and, and Joe do as well. And I was like, what? Like, mm. like I don't I don't want, you know, like, do I? And then, <laughs> so what I discovered from that chat is that the autism diagnosis for women is vastly different than the autism diagnosis for men. Oh. Like, the symptoms are different. Right. The way it manifests are different. Oh, okay. Um, and because of that, it's incredibly underdiagnosed in women because mm -hmm. they're, you know, like like with a lot of medical things, mm -hmm. uh, they just never considered that women might be different. It's like uh, women have different symptoms for heart attack. Uh-huh. And so a lot of women have had heart attacks where people didn't think they were going to have heart attacks because they didn't recognize the symptoms because right. they were only told the male symptoms. So this is where we're at at the moment. That's the crossroads we're now at is understanding how badly diagnosed women have been because they yeah. were just or not that everyone just, just all the studies are done in men or majority men mm -hmm. and uh, majority white men as well. Like, I mean, I was just, I was looking at it recently since I have a, a cold, <laughs> the, uh, COVID, um, symptoms mm -hmm. so what they've discovered in england obviously we have a very high prevalence rate and have for a long time mm -hmm. uh, plus a very high vaccination rate so what they've discovered is that there are different symptoms by age by gender and by vaccination status wow yeah so like i've been sneezing a lot yeah and uh, that is apparently a symptom you can have if you are va only if you're vaccinated yeah it's not a symptom of non-vaccinated, but apparently women get different symptoms. These are all things. So that's kind of the next stage we have to go to. Wow, it just it's, gets a bit and, more. And, and, and yeah. if you understand that's what's happening with the physical illnesses, like we're starting to get it with the heart attacks. Because like yeah. there, there's big campaigns in the UK now that like uh, chest pain for women um, right. can mean a heart attack. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and uh, yeah, so now they're starting to – and then – with the autism and probably ADHD, I'm guessing manifest differently in women. Mm. Like all these things we're going to, we're going to start getting better about if you widen the diversity of the, um, the group being looked at. Yes. You'll get a better understanding of like all, and you might find that there's different symptoms by 
uh, along racial and ethnic lines, along gender lines. Um, it's it's really interesting, yeah. and it's just like um, it, it's kind of crazy how much how many of these blinkered screens we had, and we thought we were doing great. Yeah, and like we were doing great, but it's just like the more you understand, and it does make it like overwhelming, but it also like when you want to actually sort of diagnose people properly well you've yeah. got to start understanding that yeah yeah when in you the want... same way as like vaccines aren't need to be tested on everyone yeah like you need to make sure that everyone's involved in the trials mm-hmm. even down to things like um the the ppe didn't fit women because mm-hmm. they they created all the masks and stuff for men right they didn't fit women health workers as well um, it's just crazy. So that, anyway, that a bit is, of a deviation. Sorry the, about that, everyone. No, 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 no. That's that's it's fascinating. It, it's amazing. It's it, I guess the takeaway is um, we you know shouldn't just like blanket diagnose everyone. Now. It's I, a lot I, more complicated. Yeah, it's just like yeah. we're learning so much about everything. It's fantastic. And it's quite just, an exciting like for the yeah. next generation is that they're going to go into this mm. with their eyes more wide open and you know if we if we take away the sort of stigma of going to therapists mm-hmm. maybe people get the help sooner and they won't be as much i mean look people are still going to suffer traumas yes. that happens of course i mean yeah. you know look what's I know happening we can't... around the world there are traumatic events everywhere yes but like but maybe we can actually get people the help they need without thinking them weak or yes you know and and you know everyone and everyone benefits by yeah. by a society being more understanding yeah it's kind of like um in in DRD uh, this case as well not trying to like solve it so much you know and, and get rid of it but in actually managing right. it and actually you know I thought that understand was also incredibly interesting mm. yeah like uh, yeah is that is not just the diagnosis, but then it's like, then how do you deal with it? Yeah, like, exactly. And it's not just a matter of like squashing it and, and getting rid of it. It's yeah, it's it's like it's. It it's shouldn't. A, it, it should never. No. There should never be this baseline about exactly. trying to make everyone normal That's in inverted right. commas. Because right. as we're beginning to learn, there isn't really a normal. No, that's right. There isn't, and, and there you know there are vastly different amounts uh, different amounts of people as lena said as well as as, as the human race d- there's vastly yeah. if you look within DID there's just a vast range as well so it's it's a lot more complicated um than just you know generalizing um so anyway uh i will let's uh go on so with, as lena said with this understanding of how DID is formed we can begin to see that the portrayal of Mark Spector's formation of his identities in the early Mensch comics was far from accurate, uh, as we've probably mentioned, Rebecca. I think um, that's very charitable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from, uh, from several of the conversations that Stephen Grant and the other identities had with Marlene, it seems that these identities started out as just aliases that Mark was using to be able to infiltrate different types of social structures. Uh, Marlene would jokingly call him her schizo, which is both an offensive slur and inaccurate, since uh, schizophrenia is a completely different disorder from DRD. But in the next breath, she would express genuine concern that these aliases that Mark was using were starting to become all too real. Uh, If they really were aliases that Mark invented in his adult life, Marlene needn't have worried. It's impossible to invent a DRD system on purpose, especially in adulthood. So yeah, I, I um, I think here, Rebecca... Uh, as we kind of alluded to, Elaine is, I guess, retrospectively looking at it and trying to understand it. But 
Um, a large part of it is, as we say, just a, a sign of the times, you know, of, of what their understanding yeah, I mean, was. Look, look, yeah. Marlene's not the only person who's used schizo mm-hmm. as a sort of like, as a kind of jokey thing. It, it was a thing and, uh, yeah. and <laughs> really bad thing, you know, like, so, yeah. um, and, and like Lena points out, it, it's a completely different disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but yeah, and it's just like, uh, but it is interesting that like, this is now when we go into that development of like, they started off as aliases. We were never too sure. Yeah. And, um, and it, so this becomes the story of how Moon Knight developed into, like, I'm guessing there was a point at which they could have decided they never wanted to touch mental health in the comics. Well, I mean, to. Mark Spector, Moon Knight, totally just just did away yeah. with it. Yeah. So yeah. sixty issues of not dealing with it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's carry on. However, it's possible that the aliases were actually alters all along, which I think is probably how we all read it now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's the easiest way of, <laughs> and they had yeah. been uh, they'd been around since Mark's childhood. He just didn't realize it. That's certainly the way that more recent writers like Lemire and Bemis have handled it, and it's not really all that unrealistic. Mm-hmm. DID is a coping mechanism that is made for hiding, hiding our pain from others and from ourselves. That includes hiding the truth of our multiplicity from ourselves. Many DID systems have no idea that they're multiple until well into their adulthoods. Uh, adulthood. Uh, we're one of the lucky ones in that we first discovered that we were multiple when we were 18 years old, which is younger than most. That's amazing. <laughs> Like you know, um, yeah, and I'm. Uh, I guess it goes back to that being one of the symptoms being uh, amnesia, that you don't realise that you're right. switching. Yes, and, uh, yeah, they do mention that, about, that sort of hiding. Yeah, they mentioned about the blackouts and stuff again in that um, beauty yeah. after bruises thing, um, which uh, they dispel. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head why. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's look, it's it's also hard because it's hard to imagine people being in that kind of pain and yeah. having to hide it mm-hmm. yeah imagine that um, like hiding from yourself and from you know, yeah and everyone we can't, else but like we all hide things in different ways so yeah. i guess this is what's what's different is um is not suffering the same repeated level of trauma mm-hmm. and not coping with it in that way yeah. so um yeah. but it, it does make it hard because I don't know. You you don't yeah. want to think of anyone in any kind of pain. Absolutely. I, I, I um, don't know. Gosh. Yeah. To be totally like, I guess just to liken it to something that's very like different, but kind of in the physical sense. Like whenever Rebecca, I see someone like in a moon boot or something. You know. Uh-huh. I always look at it going, oh god, there was a time, like there was a moment in time when that person was under extreme pain. Like it's like oh, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for them. Like they because like, you know you see someone walking around and they've got the boot on and and they've kind of semi recovered and it's become more of a hindrance than anything. But there was a moment in time when that you know when that ankle snapped or that leg broke and it's like oh that's terrible. Like it's yeah anyway yeah um, yeah. So uh, yeah, if we assume that Mark had actual DID all along. Even during the early Mensch stories, then interestingly enough, even though the DID was not portrayed accurately back then, it was actually portrayed more positively than many of the later runs. Um, the way 
the way the alters work together was a good example of something called functional multiplicity. Uh, this is a relatively newer method of pursuing healing for a DID system. So this was something I was kind of uh, referring to, Rebecca, which they're using now to try and, um, I guess, manage um, DID. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's actually really so. Uh, let's, let's carry on. In years past, the main goal for DID healing was something called either integration or final fusion, mm. which meant fusing or merging all of the alters back into one identity. And you can understand that that would be yep. perhaps what somebody would think was the right and healthy thing to do. But in more recent years, many DID systems and therapists have been starting to realize this method doesn't always work for everybody. It certainly never worked for us, even though we tried it for about the first nine years of our therapy. For us, it was easier and more productive to pursue functional multiplicity, which means that we're still multiple, but we try to improve our communication and cooperation with each other and learn to work together to pursue common goals for our shared life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, something interesting. Again, I'm going to refer to Beauty After Bruises as well, which mentions this. Um, and there's a, a common myth that DID happens when someone, you know, of a sound mind um, faces something and their mind is shattered into various personalities, which is an absolute myth. Now, the idea is um, it's actually the opposite. Um, it's actually that those personalities have never been able to consolidate um, in those formative years into one single thing. So uh, by reading that um, paragraph there, Rebecca, it's almost as if this, you know, what they were doing before with integration or final fusion, they were actually trying to do something that the the body and the mind had never actually done before, you know what I mean? So it seems yeah, like I mean, quite it, a it difficult thing seem, to do. It does sound very much like the yeah. let's make you more like us. mm but how how hard uh, I mean how hard would that be knowing now that you know they're trying to repair something that was never in that state before you you know what I mean um, so yeah <coughs> it's I don't know yeah it's um yeah interesting but uh, yeah functional multiplicity um, I guess is is the way that a lot of more contemporary um, you know therapists are going um, approaching DRD that that do know about DRD. We're going to get a sneeze. Yeah, no, I, no I'm, <laughs> I'm really trying not to sneeze. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, like Lena says, it, it can be different for different people, but that seems yep. more like uh, allowing people to live with a the situation they have uh, and to make it work for them rather than trying to force something on them. Yes, exactly. Uh, which generally seems healthier. Yeah, Exactly. Not become one of us, you know, everyone's different, yeah. you know, let's, you know, let's just embrace that and see how you can manage, uh, you know, day-to-day stuff and, and, you know, how to function properly, that sort of stuff. <coughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Moon Knight in the early Mensch stories was actually a very positive example of this type of cooperation. The four identities pretty much had one common set of goals, fighting crime and protecting the innocent, and each of them had their own role to play in pursuing those goals. Mark Spector had the military training and mercenary experience, as well as connections with the intelligence community, uh, such as his Israeli intelligence friend Benjamin Abramov from issues 17 to 20 of Moon Knight, Volume 1. 
Jake Lockley had the street-level connections and informants, such as Crawley and Jenna's sons, and Stephen, Stephen Grant provided the financing um, for their missions and had the business prowess and social graces needed to handle those finances. And of course, Moon Knight was the final expression of that mission as the one who was out there actually fighting the criminals. They were fully aware of each other and worked together seamlessly as an effective crime-fighting team. Of course, if you see it as one man using aliases, it's not surprising that they could work together so well. But if you interpret it as a DID system, it is actually an impressive display of functional multiplicity, without the tropes and stigmas of being crazy or dangerously unstable that would haunt later iterations of the character. Um, Indeed. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it's, it is it is funny. I mean, again, interesting as well because uh, another thing again that I learned from that other article that Lena said uh, was that um, uh, you can't flick it on you, you can't switch it on and off you know you can't flick yeah. between identities which is a, apparent, apparently what a lot of people thought you know you can just like um, somehow uh, coax someone into their other identity or you can you can trigger it um, but that's not so much the case with here it's interesting though because uh, if we are to treat the early Mark Spector Moon Knight as a DRD case, he really had a handle on his identities. Um, yeah. Um, and, and again, I'd like to ask this to Lena as well with this, this functional multiplicity that coupled with this, uh, I guess, ability to, to, uh, to draw from your alters because that was written as an absolute myth in that Beauty After Bruises but it seems to be that that's kind of the goal for for functional multiplicity. So, yeah, Lena, I'm just wondering if that is, again, I might be way off track, but is that what the kind of parallels we're looking at? Um, You know, the goals with the functional multiplicity working, yeah, managing to cooperate with each other. Anyway. Right, so we'll get to the final paragraph. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's highly doubtful that Doug Munch intended Moon Knight to be a positive depiction of a functionally multiple DID system. After all, in a text piece about the origins of Moon Knight that he wrote for issue 15 called Shades of Moon Knight, pretty much the only mention he makes of DID is saying, perhaps I created the guy too soon after reading Flora Schreiber's <sighs> Simple. Ah. It's, it really was a touchstone wow. sort of moment. I've got Simple. to read it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd say what try and dig out the film, but it's on mm-hmm. TV show or whatever it was, but it's really traumatic. So, oh, um, Ralph Macchio, editor for a lot of those early stories, also confirmed in an interview with the Epic Marvel podcast that both he and Mench intended Moon Knight's identities to be aliases, not actual DOD. But nevertheless, I still think it's an interesting thought exercise to look at the stories in the light of DOD and see them as an example of how a DID system can be effective in pursuing the goals without being insane or dangerously unstable. Um, and I think that's really interesting, but I also think it's interesting that Marvel eventually, deci- like, and fairly fairly quickly, I think, decided to keep the DID side. Mm. Whether they oh, were calling yeah. it, D- you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it took yeah. them a while to call it DID, but they didn't immediately retcon to aliases and decide, no, no we're not going to have any mental health issues with this guy, um, which yeah. they could have done at the time. Definitely. Like we said, you know. It was yeah. much more of a stigma, but the fact that they actually like, uh, considering the grief we give comic book companies now about representation, mm-hmm. 
this seems quite an early and yeah maybe they didn't i intend it but yeah. the fact that they they allowed it they 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 pivoted that way and so it's become like i mean like let's face it if you ask people about moon knight it's probably one of the first things they'll say that's it yeah is the multi identities uh when they're not saying the b word Yes. And uh, <laughs> more Jewish. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but they're, they're, yeah. They're, the, they're the three column, like they're the three pillars that you would get if somebody said. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I I think we joke about it, but I actually don't think many people would, would refer to him as Batman. I think that's no. become a a comic circle almost inside joke. Yeah. Like, I've, I've I think come like, if, a lot. if I was if I was gonna if I was. Yeah, but if I was going to talk, yeah. if I was going to tell my friends who Moon Knight was before, ahead of the TV show, yeah, I would probably say he's Jewish. Yeah, he has DID. He wears white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the enemies can see him coming, and he's pretty violent, or like mentions something to do with the supernatural side. I yeah. mean, because the thing about comparing to Bat is it doesn't really say anything. Like, no. you know, you have it's... to define what you mean by he's like. Bat- what he fights in a suit so it's very superficial i mean it's 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 very like like to me it's much more stand out that he wears white because like Mm -hmm. they all wear dark suits you know like oh but it's just like what what you even say when you're comparing him to that is i i mean i guess they're saying he's rich and he's got gadgets i'm guessing yeah he's yeah the crescent darts do it and stephen grant that sort of thing but then so does so does i know exactly Exactly. Although, did you listen? You heard that podcast where somebody said that to me, and I went off it. <laughs> if anybody wants to hear a funny podcast about yeah. me, like getting upset when somebody compared Iron Man to, yeah. I will, I will tell you where to go listen to that. Um, <laughs> I just, it's, it's very odd because, like, the th- the other thing about Pat is he's, he's absolutely like the center of DC. Yeah. So to compare any. Uh, non-A-list character to him is just frankly ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you look at how many comics that... So anyway, so I, I personally think that's more... We've allowed it to become a joke and mm-hmm. comics people say it, but like only comic person would even question what you mean by that. Like, yeah, that's true. That's true. If I said if I said that to a non-comics person, they'd be like, "Why have I never heard of him then?" I, yeah. Oh, because you've got the Dark Knight versus Moon Knights. They both have knight in the title. Yeah. But yeah. doesn't really have the Dark Knight in his title either. That's just a you know it's a comic title. So I but I I'll get more angry about it. Later, but... <laughs> I just say you just show anyone any of the casual viewers um just just show them that leaked photo so look you know does that that does that look like him <laughs> does that look like that? Yeah. is this your b- <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, exactly. uh, but yeah. i think i think it's interesting that like they could have pulled back quite early on and said these are definitely definitely aliases yeah but they allowed creative teams at a time when editorial was probably a little bit more involved than they yeah. are now that, and, it, and now it's become a defining factor. Like, yeah. and and you know, if you ask for comic book characters with mental health uh, interest, mm-hmm. um, then he'll almost always come up as one oh, of the absolutely. first. Absolutely, um, which is incredible. You know, yeah. Um, I think it's because um, he. I mean, the character was allowed to. Because um, I, I pinpointed it back to someone asked me as well, and and um, I tried to pinpoint when it, when it was openly 
like Moon Knight was openly uh, openly had DID, and it's not really until yeah. two thousand and six. It's not. Yeah. That... No, I mean, I think, yeah. I think before that you get it from. Uh, I mean, you don't get it from, from things like Marlene calling him skits yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. You know, it's like very, it's and, very and, ambiguous. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the run where he's not sure if Conchie's real or not, mm. or uh, which... in his mind. Uh... Uh, but there's some of that kind of like where he's got that all that self doubt about. Oh what yeah, that was volume did. one. Yeah, yeah, that was volume one. Yeah, early yeah. with Midnight when Man. He, Midnight, when he kind of, Midnight Man. Yeah. yeah, when he kind of loses some of that awareness about there himself. was a little bit of that. Yeah, wasn't there? And he, he held uh, up. He held up a skull. He was on top of a building. He was reciting Hamlet yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and absolutely. Uh, but I, th- I think, I mean, if you look at even if it's 2006, that's relatively kind of early. Uh, now you get the likes of big hitters like The Incredible Hulk and, and you get like Nadia Van Dyne, uh, the, the Wasp, where yeah. mental mental uh, illness is, is quite um, and, and pronounced in that. I mean, the Hulk now has DID as well, you know, which makes sense um, considering all the different Hulks that have arisen um, yeah. from Bruce Banner. The, the Immortal Hulk makes it make sense, yeah, which is exactly. important. Like, it'll be mm. interesting to see what happens with the next volume of the Hulk. Yeah. Oh, and uh, what happens, yeah. With Donny so, Cates. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, just generally. I mean, oh, like, generally. Where, where, it's yeah. like, it's a little bit like where do you go after the Lemire run with Moon Knight, mm. where you've uh, clearly placed your flag in the sun. God, that's yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, you, and then you have to follow that. Mm-hmm. And, I know, it's going to be and, a hard act to follow. And, to you. and you know, creators... The nature of the beast is to try and put your own stamp on it, mm-hmm. and it's very hard when you follow a seminal run. And Immortal Hulk has absolutely been a seminal run. It'd be interesting uh, if they keep the DID, um, which obviously I hope they do, because I don't think you should ever retcon that kind of thing out of someone. Yeah. Uh, no. But if they like, uh, later <laughs> says, "Sorry, no, no, I'm really so sorry. I'm so sick." Uh, if they. Uh, they make it like if they if the the creators go learn a bit more about it and 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 give it and if we get I mean we get we get Hulk Moon Knight having some uh, oh yeah having, a therapist or with Leonard Sampson yeah. Doc Sampson that'd be great yeah Doc Sampson <laughs> another Jewish character <laughs> uh, anyway there's not too much more in this article just a, a final sign off uh, from Lena so uh, she says that's all I have for now but I will write again and, and until then may can't you watch over the denizens of the night so a huge thank you to Lena um, and. Yes, uh, for submitting this, uh, I know Lane has already submitted Article Two as well. Which uh, Rebecca, um, we might. I, I'm just tentatively, tentatively saying maybe with every like precursor to the Jed McKay issue coming up as yeah, an idle, idle chat, we just do. The, yeah, we, we kind of fit this in because I think it's really interesting. Um, you know, we've as you know, as you can see, listeners, we've kind of gone uh, a bit over what our usual duration is because it because it is such an interesting subject, uh, and uh, it, I hope you find it interesting as well. Uh, so. I mean, just another little tidbit. Again, I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to plug this non-profit organisation, Beauty After Bruises in Pennsylvania. They deal with survivors of childhood trauma. Uh, and uh, as I've mentioned throughout, we, Rebecca and I both mentioned throughout reading Lena's article, there's some really interesting tidbits in there as well. So I think I've mentioned most of them. Um, uh, one of the, the other thing as well, like other things here that I've, I've got in notes... Uh, 
it's a myth as well that the altars communicate with all, almost a hallucinogenic kind of thing. So we saw in that Lemire run, Rebecca, um, yeah. that the young Mark that. had a conversation with Steve. Uh, that's kind of dispelled, really. They don't do that sort of thing. It's uh, apparently more of a um, just like a louder voice kind of thing, a presence in the, in the yeah. mind. Uh, and what, again, I found very interesting was uh, this is a total myth that DID is rare. There's actually a lot more... Um, more people with the idea Which out is there. Than... Super interesting, yeah. Mm, yeah, exactly. So a fascinating article. What I'll do is that I'll place. I've already spoken to Lena. I'll place her <coughs> article up on our website as well as a link um, and and the text to this article from Beauty After Bruises. It's a fascinating read. Loonies, have a read if you can um, and get yourself acquainted with it because we're going to dive more into DID as we go on. Uh, it's just a really fascinating subject. Um, well, Rebecca, unless there's any other final kind of thoughts on on it, um, yeah, did you have any No, other... I just want to say thank you again to uh, Lena and everyone and mm-hmm. for for helping helping us through this. And, yeah. like, please tell us if we said anything. Absolutely wrong or especially offensive yes because i would hate to do that i know yes um and i apologize if i did me too i probably Uh, i probably did say something offensive that i was unaware of no i'm like you know i i I just feel like i'm not sure yeah yeah me too and i don't want to ever come at this uh, point where i offend anyone and but please all send in questions and comments about the episode absolutely and if there's anything you specifically want to know any issues of moon Knight you want to flag up for Mm -hmm. us for later to have a look at in reference to to did Mm -hmm. and uh and hopefully we'll all come out about this uh, knowing a hell of a lot more. Yeah, exactly. And, and I might, um, I don't know, just have to think how I'm going to do this. I might put something up on our social media platforms where you can drop in your thoughts if you want to get in, in contact. So just we have them all in like one spot. Um, yeah. So for Lena to, to easily access and, and maybe address some questions that you might have. But yeah, a totally fascinating thing. I'm, I'm forever grateful that Lena reached out um, and I can't yes, wait to... super grateful. Yeah, can't wait to look for for uh, to to discuss more of her articles, uh, Rebecca. Yeah. I'm just going to jump to Nightlines uh, before we get to Spectacles. Uh, just because yeah. we've got one one quick one there. Uh, so, uh, with idle chats, um, just just some uh, feedback from random episodes. Uh, so from YouTube, uh, a big shout out again to CMK Seven. Beep boop beep boop boop. Chris, thank you so much, Chris, for writing in. He, you are. Uh, Awesome. I love receiving uh, this feedback. Um, and he, I know, uh, yeah, you're an avid listener. So this was based on episode 225. Uh, this was uh, Justin and I's uh, recounting of Moon Knight Volume 1, Issue 19, uh, which Elena actually mentioned. Um, it was to do with uh, Assault on Island Strange. Great review, guys. I loved how this issue resembles a James Bond movie more so than a superhero comic. International intrigue, evil mastermind, beautiful femme fatales, elite assassins, it's got it all. Do you think we'll ever see a return to more of this international Moon Knight in the future? I bloody hope so. I love this aspect of it. Um, <laughs> I do, do, do you like it, Rebecca? I love how we, it goes around I the globe. I absolutely 
love oh, that. I think it's. I love it. Like when we were doing with that episode with him with the CIA contacts. Yeah, so good. Like so fun. No other heroes are kind of doing that. They kind of all stick to New York anyway. Um, I sure hope so. Also, I was surprised you guys didn't mention the part where Moon Knight spits undefeated Arsenal's unconscious face in an emotional <laughs> fu display. I don't think we'll see we'll be seeing that sort of thing in Disney Plus. Let's hope we do, Chris. I um... I absolutely think we will. I don't think we'll get any face ripped off, but I think we'll get some thing in the face. To be fair, though, since COVID, spitting on the face. That's been, true. Uh... That's true. Maybe a bit, you know. That is true. Actually, good point, Rebecca. I'm sure we'll get some FU displays. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, though, that is such a funny thing because um, I almost see it as a rite of passage for actors because whenever you see a TV show or a movie, Rebecca, and, and someone spits on someone's face, um, yeah, I always have so a little awful. chuckle because yeah, it's like, you know, it's a bit of a trope anyway. Um, yeah. Anyway, listeners, thank you so much for uh, for sticking with us in this episode and listening through uh, this fascinating topic. Uh, Spectacle, Rebecca, any any plugs you want to give before we we dash out? I don't know. Um, check out DC, DCAU podcast on the Dark Knight Returns if you want to the first awesome. Dark Knight Returns film. If you want to hear me have a rant about why Iron Man is not, <laughs> but. Uh, just just listen to about that. We'll have to timestamp it. <laughs> gonna have to. Yeah. Um, I will actually have to timestamp it at some point. It was very funny. We had a, a, a massive fan of and uh, oh, just dropped that into some comment, and I was like, not going to stand for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got to catch up on my podcast just to be totally um, thinking, Rebecca, because. I got a new phone and it's got one of those USB C's, um, and you have to listen with your headphones with the USB C thing. So, oh, that's so you know, annoying. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just like, I used to be able to listen to podcasts while I work, and I can't now. I don't uh, know why my attention span's not the same. So I'm always like really behind on podcasts. So yeah, I mean, when, I, I understand. Yeah, I mean, when there's pod- so many of them. They yeah they are and and when they really get into good discussion it it does kind of distract distract a little I find when I have it on at work yeah. as well, um anyway that's a good thing, uh, also a big I wanted to shout out as well loonies uh, you may have seen it on the website uh, on the on the on the Facebook page the big news yeah the the big news bigger than the leak the real uh, big news <laughs> yeah. we we uh, finally have a website so just check out itkmoonlight.com so very happy with that and it's all thanks to the Petrunis as well it's one of the goals um, that I, I placed up there if we reach a certain mark and we have uh, so very happy with that go check it out and now our email is simply feedback at itkmoonlight.com it's it's easy to remember um just just plug in your thoughts send them on over so yeah very happy with that um also as well i just want to give before when this episode comes out there'll be probably like a day left uh, but a big shout out to Moon Knight Origins. So this is off the back of uh, the bonus episode that i had a chat with the director uh, Ian uh, Adama and Stephen Huff, um, who plays Mark Spector, uh, they're, they're on Indiegogo um, looking to get pledges uh, so they can fund their fan film of Moon Knight. It looks awesome. They've announced a couple of castings. So they've cast Jenna and they've cast Bushman, which looks, um, the, the actors look brilliant in it. Uh, we've got some stills of Moon Knight and, uh, and Steve Huff as Mark Spector and Jake Lockley. It's all looking really good. So please consider, uh, you've only got a day or so to, to drop in um, a, a, like a contribution 
um, and any help will go a long way. Let's. Um, I'd love to see this film um, start. And yeah, Rebecca. I mean, like, have you been? I don't know. Have you been following any fan Moon Knight fan films and stuff around? I, I know it's probably. I haven't. I've nah. not had a lot of time. But yeah, I, yeah, of course. every time I see it mentioned or hear it mentioned on the podcast, I mm-hmm. want to. It looks so really that good. might be something that I actually put out some time this week. Yeah. And, and catch up on. Cool. No, awesome. Uh, and so I fully support the the whole idea. I think it's great. Um, I think it's awesome. Yeah. 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 No, no. F- uh, please, um, yeah, dude. Uh, just check it out. Um, Looney's on the links in the show notes to the Indiegogo page. Just see, there's a trailer there. It looks really good. Some stills. Uh, it's all good. Uh, so next phase, uh, there is. Uh, we're not going to worry about the phase of the moon because it's a new comic book review. How cool is that? Yay! Uh, <laughs> and it will be. Yes, the next issue, highly anticipated. I've already pre-ordered mine of uh, Moon Knight issue two by Jed McKay and Alessandro Capuccia. Rebecca, have you have you thought there are a couple of variants? Have you decided are you going to get just the regular one or? Uh, no, I'm getting the uh, Peach Ramoko one. Oh, yes, yes, I've ordered that. That looks very nice, doesn't it? Yeah, I ordered, yeah. I ordered that straight away. Like, yes. It took me longer to decide on the issue one variant ah, yeah, than it did on the uh, issue hundreds. two ones. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but barring any, hopefully, Rebecca, if, um, if, Rebecca, you're feeling much better and you don't get any worse, I guess, um, hopefully we'll have you on there later in the week so we can talk about this issue too. Yeah, my, that'd my be God. awesome. It's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll answer some, or maybe just raise more questions i don't know so uh, yeah, we're still very early on in the run it's still very early <laughs> i know i'm expecting too many answers so exactly but uh no that should be good um but yeah rebecca thank you so much uh it's always good and thank you so much for i mean battling on geez um i hope you have a nice lemon and honey tea for the exactly day what we're going for next <laughs> <laughs> no no but uh, a big thanks yes thank you for having me and I'm sorry to everyone for the huskiness and the sneezing. Well, not sneezing, but the coughing. And... No worries. Um, no, and as as always, uh, may Conchie watch over the denizens of the night. I might just go forward to a pre-recorded. Hopefully, I do this. <laughs> but anyway, listeners, catch you catch you later. Take care. Bye bye. please consider checking out our Into the Night Patreon page on patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. There are plenty of incentives there, like uncut material, bonus episodes, and more, and any contribution will help expand the show. We're sponsored by Fringe Night by Daniel Doing, and you can support his Patreon page at patreon.com slash fringenight27. Also, Tombs by Drew Tombs can be supported via his SoundCloud website on soundcloud.com slash tombs with a Z. Drew Tombs also produces horror and sci-fi based music on Lurk Music. That's Lurk Music with a CK. And you can support his music on Bandcamp at lurkmusic.bandcamp.com. We're also sponsored by Dreamland Comics, the superhero superstore. Use the code MOON to get a promo of 20% off any online back issues. Finally, we're part of The Collective, which is an informal network of like-minded podcasters. It's a repository of ideas 
and we also like crossing over and supporting each other. Please check out all of these shows in our show notes under The Collective. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Material used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.